Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode 40 of The Book Cougars, Two Middle-Aged Women on the Hunt for a Good Read. I'm Emily. And I'm Chris. And we have hit another 10 episodes. Ooh, number 40. Yes. Yes. Which means it's time for another giveaway. giveaway. <laughs> this is our fourth giveaway because it's the 40th episode. And we have four books. And we have four books. So um, the four books we're going to give away, and it's going to be to one person, yes. just to be clear. Stay With Me by Ayobami Adebayo, Sweet Girl by Travis Mulhauser, Love and Other Consolation Prizes by Jamie Ford, and Saints for All Occasions by J. Courtney Sullivan. All right, and now to enter to win, all you have to do is send us an email expressing your interest to bookcougars at gmail.com. Just put in the subject line, you know, 40 giveaway, pick me, anything that we know that you're interested in entering this giveaway, email us by midnight on February 28th, 2018. And then what we'll do is uh, we'll take those emails and count them. Say we have 74 entries. We'll put that in random.org, one through 74, and have them randomly pick a number. And then we'll count and say who that was. And we'll shoot you an email and then please get back to us like within 48 hours and uh, we'll get those to you in the mail. Right. Yeah. And we will announce then on the episode that goes live on 3-6 who won. Yes. So that's exciting. Yeah. Good luck, everybody. Good luck. Yeah. Good books there. I yeah. Think. Yeah. And also on the 3-6 episode, that's March 6th, a reminder, everyone, we're going to do our next read along discussion, which is Morris. By E.M. Forster. So we'll be discussing that on March 2nd. So if right. you could please get us any comments or questions by March 1st, you can email us, put it on social media, wherever we are on our Goodreads discussion uh, subject that we have on the read-along. Because right. we'd love to include your comments and questions. And we thought it would be fun, too. We're going to post a picture of us uh, with our copy of Morris. And hashtag book cougars. And so if you would want to do that too on Instagram or Facebook, wherever you are on social media, we thought that might be kind of fun. And just a, you know, a reminder that the giveaway, uh, that the get, re, what? <laughs> the read along. <laughs> a reminder that the read along is, is coming up. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just fun. We love to see the different covers too of that the books is, that people are reading. Yeah. That is so much fun to yeah, see. Yeah. Yeah. So please, if you've got a copy, um, do do go along with this little fun thing we're doing. Totally. And if you're listening to it on audio, just put a picture of yourself with your headphones on. Because totally. we like those yeah. too. <laughs> and, you know, and if you are, you know, selfie-averse, you could take a picture of the cover. That's fine too. But yes. I think it's fun to see everybody's faces yeah. with their yeah. book. Yeah. You could take a picture of your hand or your coffee cup. Yeah. Artistic license is allowed. <laughs> <laughs> yes. For example, we have our shell right. for our giveaway photo. That's right. So It's this shell that sits on my windowsill that I love. And so almost every time I take a picture of a book, I put my shell by it. I don't know why. It's like our um, spirit guide. <laughs> <laughs> we are water people. Yes, that's yes. right. So what are you currently reading? I have started, I, there was an article the other day uh, that was floating around the internet on is Chicago the poetry capital of the world? And it was talking about poetry and poetry magazine and just how many poets come from Chicago or make their way through Chicago. So that made me a bit hungry for some poetry and Chicago poetry in particular. So I started reading Chicago Poems by Carl Sandburg. 
which is a collection of poems that came out in 1916. It was part of like the new wave of poetry, the new, uh, more modern style of poetry. I am not well-versed in poetry, but I know that he was part of that new wave of poets that Willa Cather didn't appreciate. Oh. Yeah. Interesting, right? Yeah. Other than, um, gosh, who's the guy? Two paths diverged in a wood, and I chose the one less traveled. I can't believe I can't think of his name right now. I know he's mentioned here. Let me just look real quick. Hold, please. Robert Frost. Oh, Frost. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, she did like Robert Frost, and they had a little bit of a communication. Because I am still reading The Selected Letters of Willa Cather. So there's my other currently reading book. The Chicago Poems by Carl Sandburg. I just started, and I was thinking, like, I might even just read a poem a day. Yeah. And just try and have a poem a day, give myself that pleasure, and also that discipline. I think that's a fantastic idea. I love that idea. I've, I have favorite poems, and at various times in my life, I've had them, you know, like the, the one poem sitting by my bed, and every morning I would just read it, mm-hmm. because it was a po- particular poem that spoke to me at a time in my life, but I'm poemless on my nightstand <laughs> right now, so I really love that idea. I think just to have a, a book of poetry sitting there yeah. is a great idea. Nice. Mm. I'm, um, I started Anatomy of a Miracle by Jonathan Miles, cool. which was one of the gifts that Michael gave us. Michael Kindness gave us last week, and he, so he spoke about that on episode 39. But then I put it down, which is very unusual for me, to read White Houses by Amy oh, Bloom. Oh, cool. Yeah, because I'm going to see her on Sunday, so I really yeah. wanted a chance to read the book before I see her. Um, so I actually have two books, two novels that I'm reading at the same time, which I rarely that's, do. Yeah, yeah, that's a juggling act. Yeah, yeah, but I'm really enjoying White Houses. I hear from people who've read Amy Bloom that this is very different than her other works. I don't know because I've never read anything else by her, but yeah. it's a historical fiction novel based on Eleanor Roosevelt and her friend Lorena Hickok. Is that her name? I don't remember. That's terrible. No. I'm in the middle of reading the book, and I can't remember the main characters' names. Ah, um, but anyway, some more to come on that. Great. Yeah. Very cool. I put that on hold in the library, but we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> see how soon it comes in. Yeah, I uh, was lucky. I picked it up off the speed read shelf. So. That's cool. All right, so just read. What have you just read? I finished Labor Day by Joyce Maynard. I was listening to this on audio and reading it. And, you know, it's a lovely story. It takes place kind of over the course of Labor Day weekend. Mm -hmm. And the premise is that it's a a mother, a single mother and her teenage son. I think he's 13, um, living in a house, you know, and the mother's a little bit of a shut-in. You know, Mm -hmm. she doesn't leave the house very often, so she lets her son do a lot of the family grocery shopping and banking and things like that but they are out shopping together one day and um, at the beginning I think you know right as Labor Day is setting in and someone comes up to the sun at the store and it's a convict who has escaped prison oh boy and he's you know visibly bleeding from the leg and things like that but long story short he goes home with the mother and the son And a little quick love affair ensues with this mother who's very fragile, emotionally fragile. And the son actually really likes this guy and he teaches him how to make pie and all this sort of stuff. And then there's some other characters, the son's father and his stepmother and their new children and things like that. So 
I thought it was um, very interesting that it's written from the perspective of a 13-year-old boy, and Joyce Maynard is a woman. Mm-hmm. She does acknowledge in the at the beginning of the book, you know, in her, in her, I think it's in her dedication, actually, that her two sons really helped inform her on, you know, what it's like to be a 13-year-old boy or boy in general. Interesting. So, yeah. yeah. Cool. It, it was funny as I was reading it, I was like, this seems so familiar. Have I read this? Mm-hmm. You know, like, which... I looked through my Goodreads. No, I haven't read it. And I realized I had watched the movie. Oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah. So I did kind of, you know, the story was somewhat familiar to me, but um, I enjoyed it. I mean, it was, she's a great writer. It was an easy read. And it reminds me of her memoir that, you know, I went to see her recently when she talked about her memoir. And mm-hmm. I would like to really pick that up because I, I just enjoy her writing. So again, Labor Day by Joyce Maynard. Well, I read Kindred by Octavia Butler, and mm. I absolutely loved it. Yeah, it's a good one. Yeah. Um, Emily, I don't remember. I should have looked up what episodes you talked about it in. Yeah, I don't I remember. didn't do that. Um, but it's really a powerful book. And this was, so this is one that Russell from Ink and Paper blog had recommended to you. Mm-hmm. And then I, it's part of the Witness Stones Project new book club that's starting here in Guilford, Connecticut next week, actually. But it's a time-traveling book that's kind of like a mashup between that time travel of science fiction with slave narratives with 1970s feminist movement ideas and I I really loved it I was immediately drawn in I missed the characters when it was over it's one of those books where it's intense so just readers for those who haven't read it it's 1976 at the beginning and this african-american woman and her white husband are moving into a new home and all of a sudden she gets dizzy and wakes up on her knees with this boy drowning in a river. So she goes running in to save this boy. He's a little white boy with red hair and she takes him to the shore and is trying to start mouth-to-mouth resuscitation. And all of a sudden this woman comes and starts beating her on the back saying, you killed my boy, you know? And, and then all of a sudden there's a white guy standing over there with a shotgun. All of a sudden she's transported back to her home in L.A., 1976, not knowing what the heck happened. And her husband is like, where did you go? Like, you were just here and now you're behind me. Like, how did that happen? And why are you wet and muddy? Right. So that kind of, you know, thing can sound really unbelievable to people. But I think it's because, like, Butler doesn't give any explanation about why things are happening. They just happen. So you're just, you just go along with it. So throughout the course of the book, you find out kind of why she keeps being transported to this specific time and place. And it's a hard novel to read. There's a lot of violence, but you think it's realistic violence of what happened to slaves back then. And it just gives like evidence. I don't know what other word to use that when you have an oppressive society... Everyone in that society is turned into not necessarily a monster, but they're all harmed and scarred by it and made not fully human by mm-hmm. it. Yeah, that's a really good way you to know? say it. Yeah. So I'm really happy I read it. Yeah. And then yesterday, Emily and I were at the library uh, doing a little work together, and the graphic novel version of Kindred was on the shelf with the other books announcing the book club. So I, I grabbed that, and I... I can't say like I thoroughly read it, but I did skim it pretty heavily, and they did capture all of the major elements of the the novel, all the action. 
which I thought was pretty amazing mm-hmm. that they were able to do that. And I like the graphic novel. I'm not a heavy graphic novel reader by any stretch of the imagination, um, but I did appreciate it. But if you're looking for like the full humanity and the full atmosphere, I think you need to read the novel. Yeah. I mean, and I actually felt like, because I did read the graphic novel, mm-hmm. um, I felt also, I felt like to see the violence was hard for me also. I mean, the violence was the hardest part of the book for me. And I did, I think when I talked about it, I said, you know, you do have to suspend belief mm-hmm. or disbelief, I guess is the right way to say it. Um, and that's kind of a sci-fi thing, you know, which is why I think she said it in a sci-fi way, you know. But the the violence, the treatment of the slaves, that part of the sto- book was really hard for me. Yeah. And um, to see it in the graphic novel was hard. Yeah, see, I, mm. I had the exact opposite feeling. Really? For me, the reading of it was so much more intense. And I'm thinking specifically of one scene where a man, a slave, is tied to a tree. He's stripped and tied to a tree and whipped. Mm -hmm. And Dana, the character who's doing the time traveling, is hiding in the bushes. Mm -hmm. And she comments on, like, you know, she's read this, she's seen it in movies, but nothing prepared her for how gruesome and violent and horrific it was. And she's sitting there, you know, trying not to scream out or vomit Mm -hmm. because it's so intense. Or stop it because she knows that that she would then just be added to the violence, you know. And she still doesn't even know what the hell's going on at that point, really. I think that was the second time she's transported. And so Mm -hmm. she's, I think, just beginning to realize, when is this? Where is this? What's going on? So she doesn't even fully know yet right. what's going on. Yeah. It'll yeah. be, I think it's, I think I talked about this already when you've talked about this as you're currently reading or upcoming read or something that I think it's going to be really interesting to be at that book club. Mm-hmm. And, and I think it's a book that really lends itself to conversation. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. And there, the edition that I had, and I'm sorry I didn't bring it with me today, it has book club questions at the end. Mm-hmm. And it also had a history, you know, a contextualizing essay written uh, by someone talking about Butler's work and other writers who have written about African-American women writers, including Hazel Carby, who we've mentioned before, who is one of the leaders of the upcoming book club and who wrote, right. uh, has written about African-American women writers. So that was a neat edition. And again, I'm sorry, I don't have it with me to point out, but I'm sure it's probably like the current edition that's yeah. out there. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So again, that's Kindred by... Octavia Butler and someone online said, you know, they're surprised it hasn't been made into a movie yet. Mm, yeah. I wonder if it will if be. If it ever will be. Or yeah. if it's in the works or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it seems to have a bit of a resurgence in, in the last couple of years, mm-hmm. you know, with the graphic novel and all with that. The graphic too. novel yeah. and her passing. And yeah. The, yeah. So I had a funny conversation with Jim sitting on his couch the other day. He finally finished a book. He reads a lot of books at the same time, which cracks me up because I my brain does not work well enough to do that. Yeah. But he finally closed the cover and finished a book called The Drop by Michael Connolly. And I had kept telling him, oh, I listened to that book on audio years ago on one of my drives. And, mm-hmm. and he was like, oh, really? And I said, yeah. And then... I saw the movie. I want to see the movie because it's the last performance of James Gandolfini, who's an, an actor that I really liked. And I think he died towards the end of filming that or anyway, it was the last movie that he ever made. And so then we get online to look at the cast of 
the drop and he's like well but who plays Harry Bosch and I was like Harry Bosch what are you talking about <laughs> and then I realized that I was talking about the drop by Dennis Lehane oh, okay. and he was talking about and reading the drop by Michael Connolly so I thought that was hilarious <laughs> that like I mean I really never trust my brain so I was like Harry Bosch you know like what I would this, Harry Bosch wasn't in that story I'm really sure <laughs> So then he picks up, he has a book, those in that Best American series, Mm -hmm. the Best American Mystery Stories of 2005, and he said, oh, Dennis Lehane, there's a really great short story in this collection, Mm -hmm. which, by the way, is edited by Joyce Carol Oates, which made no sense to me, because I didn't know she was a mystery writer. Yeah, she's written some really good mystery stuff. Yeah, she's no idea. She's totally tapped into... The mystery scene. Um, she's friends with Otto Penzler, who owns the mysterious bookshop and has huh. his publishing house. And, and do you learn she anything? writes every friggin' genre out there. I mean, she's put her hand into horror, wow, mystery. I don't know if she's done like a classic romance at all. I don't I know. I know she's but, very prolific, yeah. but I didn't. I always thought she just wrote, you know, basic fiction. I didn't realize. Yeah. So that's so cool. So she's the editor. So this was Best American Mystery Stories 2005. And the story was originally published in The Atlantic, and it's called Until Gwen. Mm-hmm. And I will put a link in the show notes because it's available. The full story is available online. It is dark. Really? Yeah. <laughs> so be ready. Um, <laughs> But it was really good. And I'm not going to say anything about it, really, except that it was written by Dennis Lehane, who wrote, he did write The Drop, a different version. He also wrote Mystic River, Mm -hmm. and um, I think he wrote the, no, Michael Connelly wrote the Lincoln Lawyer series. See, I get them confused. Lehane, he wrote, he writes a lot about Boston, South Boston, right? Yeah. 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 And so this was, you know, this was dark. All right, I'm gonna try and read that. I haven't read him yet, and I I have like the Mystic River at home, and I liked Mystic River. I read that. Yeah. Well, this is really short, and that's one of the things I love about short stories is when an author can tell you so much in such a short amount of time, Mm -hmm. or words, or space, or whatever. So nice. Well, I also read uh, a short book called The Trowler by James B. Connolly. And this is a book I, you know, I've been volunteering at the Institute Library. So when I went in for my shift the other day and one of the the other volunteers there knew that I would really be excited about this. It's a small book. It was originally published in 1914 or this one was published in 1914 when the book first came out. It was checked out. November 16th, 1914, for the first time. <laughs> it's checked out several times. The last time it was checked out was January 16th, 1915. Wow. But some local community member came in with a bunch of books to donate to the library, and this was in it. But it's it's actually an Institute Library book. It has our book plate in it. It's So does that mean someone checked it out in 16 and then never returned it? They either never checked it out, but it wasn't checked out properly. Oh, I see. Well, the little card is missing now, but the the little card that should be in the back pocket is now gone because I officially checked it out. So there you have it. It's due March 15th, 2018. (laughs) Um, But whoever checked it out didn't check it out properly. Right. They could have just walked out with it. And uh, yeah. Anyway, it's a cool little story about um, a guy who goes to sea with this captain because his friend is swept out, swept off the ship. And one of the other sailors kind of accuses the captain of being, you know, not really a good guy and not taking care of people. So 
um, the young man signs up to go with him and they end up having this really interesting bonding situation, the captain and this younger guy. And they're at night. I, I put a, a couple tabs in here of different things. So one of the guys on the ship, um, I'm not get, explaining this very well. So the, the man who first comes in talking kind of trash about the captain claims that he's sick and he can't stand watch. So the captain takes his watch with this young guy who's, you know, he's on his first ship you know his first time out so the captain is with him and they're talking and he writes a wonderful time the night watches at sea for men to reveal themselves night and sky overhead and the wide ocean to your elbow it drives men to thought of higher things the wickedest of men i have known them with all manner of blasphemies befalling their lips by day to become holy as little children in the watches of the night. Mm. Which, so, I mean, it's very stylistically mm-hmm. of the time period. So I won't say too much more about what happens with the action in case anyone does want to read it, but I enjoyed it. And James B. Connolly, I, I hadn't heard of him before, but apparently he was a fairly prolific writer hmm. of the time period, but he was also a United States Olympian. Oh, interesting. Yeah, huh. I thought that was very interesting. He competed in track and field events huh that's cool back in the day back in the day back in the day so that was a fun little surprise read i didn't anticipate that again that's the trawler by james b Connolly. so i'm curious when you're volunteering at the institute library how you i mean i know you're there to get work done Mm -hmm. but was it just that this happened to catch your eye and that's why you took it or do you spend some of your time kind of you know Shopping, or not shopping, browsing (laughs) Browsing, the shelves, you know. I do do some of that. Well, this one and the other worker was like, Chris, you got to see this. You're going to get a kick out of this, that this was, came in in a box to be donated, and it's actually one of our books that, you know, hadn't been here, we don't think, since 1915. So that's how that one came to me. But since it involved, since it was short and was kind of a period piece about shipping, I thought I might like it. Yeah. Um, I'm trying really hard not to check out a lot of things because... I have so much that I'm trying to get read at home already. Mm-hmm. Um, but what's cool is with the cataloging push that we're on right now to get the collection onto library thing, I'm starting to catalog a collection of books that were bound specifically for the Institute Library. Oh, cool. That are part of the non-circulating collection. And some of those are classics now. <laughs> um, and, and others are some I hadn't heard of at all. And so when I'm... Before that, I had been cataloging biography. And you just, you can't help but start reading some of them. Sure. Yeah. Uh, especially some of these books that are long out of print. And it's like, what was that about? And, yeah. And I just love uh, a lot of the the forewords by authors because they might mention some contemporary author of theirs who is now the famous one. And you hadn't heard about this person who's actually writing the foreword. So it's kind of fun book history. Yeah book detectives kind of thing that people can geek out over that's cool so but you do try to kind of control it's not like you're walking out with 10 books every time you go. no not at all in fact the trawler that was the first book i've checked out okay yeah Yeah. so is it well this time around it is anyway yeah Yeah, because i've been a member for a little bit over a year or two years now so cool but their collections are really amazing i can't wait to get it all It'll be part of the team that's getting it all up online to to look at all that. That's great. Yeah. Cool. So, Biblio Adventures. 
Did you go on any? Did I go on any? I went on one. You did? Yeah. Tell me about yours, and I'll think about okay. mine. <laughs> I went down to New York to visit Aunt Ellen, mm-hmm. and we went to see the new Eve Ensler play, In mm. the Body of the World. Mm-hmm. And um, this is the second time Ellen and I have seen one of her one-woman shows. Um, and this one was very intense. It's about her experience having survived uterine cancer. Mm. Um, it's In 2010, she was in the Congo, working on getting open her... Uh, it's called City of Joy. It's the, a place for women who have been raped in the Congo to go and kind of heal and mm-hmm. get the help that they need and get some surgeries that they need because a lot of them have been harmed brutally by rapes. Um, and she's there, and she finds out that she has a large tumor, and it turns out to be uterine cancer. And so this play she's she's very humorous but she's also very frank about the actual physical experience that she went through Mm -hmm. and um, she ends up going to Mayo Clinic in Rochester Minnesota and so she talks about that experience of what it's like to be a patient and what it's like to come home and be you know going through chemotherapy and also experiencing what's happening in the world you know and being impacted by that or how it feels to be of the world when you're experiencing, you know, a really severe illness. She was diagnosed with stage four cancer. Um, And she had a major surgery. And um, so she really, with humor, which is amazing, but also with very, very frankly discusses what it was like for her. Mm -hmm. And it's just her on the stage. There's very little staging. She's brilliant I think I mean I can't believe that for an hour and a half she spoke yeah by herself up there you know um no intermission and then at the end there's this the stage is literally just like a divan and a cabinet and like a buddha and a couple little things and then at the end the stage curtains in the back of her open up and this it's this incredible forest, literally with live plants, mm-hmm. that then audience members are invited to come up and walk through, which felt very healing after going through this play experience with her, yeah. you know? And then um, it was a special day where there was a talk back after with three of her Mayo doctors. Interesting. Which was fascinating. Wow. So was this the opening? No, or was it, it was I, set up as a talkback for that? Yeah, day I think opening? it opened maybe the end of January, so yeah, okay. it hadn't been open for very long. But there were different performances throughout its run where she's going to have people coming to do talkbacks. That's great. And they really spoke about how interesting because I think she has done the play. You know, I, I think a lot of times when you do a play like this, there's more would understand this more than I do, but. You know, there's different runs of it where you're kind of fleshing it out. And so Mm -hmm. the doctors said this was their second time seeing it. They had seen it somewhere else, like the American Repertory Theater or something. And um, they said both times it really made them aware of how important it is for them and how it makes them better doctors to understand what it's like to be a patient Mm -hmm. because especially these doctors at mayo like a lot of them see the patient once sometimes they never see them again because the patient doesn't survive but sometimes they never see them again because they were the surgeon and a lot of people come to mayo to get specific care and then go back to their home state and get the rest of their care somewhere else yeah so to help them you know hear what it was like to go home and then start chemo or something like that 
they said was really important for them as doctors to to hear that part. Yeah. They also talked about how, you know, Eve Ensler coming to Mayo, like that was an experience for them too because she brought like people to do chanting with her and, you know, yeah. like, you know, all sorts of different people came along with her. And um, so they experienced Eve, as they say, you know, and, and also, you know, she's done a lot of work for and with women. And so then for her to be, you know, needing help in this way, she said it was really a challenge and it was a challenge for them too, because they know what she's given to the female community, including this community in the Congo, where this particular set of doctors, ironically, was already preparing to go and help do some surgeries and things like that. So there was this odd set of circumstances of how they all knew each other. Yeah. Also, like so. energetically, they all were brought together yes. for some reason. Wow. Yeah. So it was a really amazing afternoon. We went to a matinee performance. I'm really glad that I went. And there is a memoir. It's based on the memoir in the body of the world, written by Eve Ensler. Okay. So um, if you can't get to the play in New York, it is a very short run. I would recommend that you pick up the book. She's a great writer. Excellent. Very yeah. cool. Yeah. Wow. What a powerful experience. Yeah, I was very glad I went. Well, I didn't have a biblio adventure. That's okay. I didn't. I was going to go to an event, but I, I just couldn't make it that night. I've been a little bit, I think I've bitten off more than I could chew, so I needed a little bit of downtime. Mm-hmm. But I did have dinner with our mutual friend, John Valerie, our mystery man. And that always feels like a biblio adventure yeah. because, of course, <laughs> mainly we're talking about books and everything. And, yeah. Um, and I know our listeners enjoyed hearing him, and he'll be on again soon. And in the meantime, he's publishing a lot, um, like a mystery scene magazine and suspense magazine. So I'll look for his byline there. Um, and he teased me. He didn't tease me, but like he put out a big teaser. Um, the he got the contributor copies of Mystery Scene magazine. Yesterday, oh, that's why he got it early. Yeah, because yeah. okay. I, I was like, "Damn!" Like my our email, our mail here in Guilford is so friggin' slow. It is. Like, that's a true fact. I, you yeah. know, I can mail something from here to my mom in Chicago the same day somebody from Germany mails her something, and she gets the mail from Germany faster. Yeah than here it's crazy i think they deliver ours by boat oh i think <laughs> so or they I'm walk or i don't know something <laughs> i know um, i just talked to my brother right before we were recording and he's in cleveland he's like i sent you something on monday have you gotten it like, nope <laughs> no nope. yeah. anyway on the cover jane harper is on the cover the australian mystery Ooh. writer who wrote the dry and then force of nature so i'm really looking forward to reading that bit about her yeah and he's he's very prolific with his writing these days so yeah definitely look for his name totally and we're gonna have him on again soon yeah because we all love him totally all right upcoming jaunts yeah so sunday i'm going to go to the um, stony creek library and see amy bloom to talk about her book White Houses. I'm very excited. And then also on March 1st, I'm hoping to go to Savoy Bookshop and maybe I can talk my little mystery loving friend over here into going <laughs> with me. There's going to be a cozy mystery night. Nice. Cool. With three authors, Liz Mugavero, yeah, Wendy yeah. Corsi Staub, and Sherry Randall. Nice. So yeah. I think I'm going to go. And these, I Fun. think... John might have talked about all three of them. I know he talked yes. about two of them. Yeah, the first, what what was the lady's the first lady's name? Liz Mugavera. Yeah, she okay. writes the animal mysteries. I right. think right. Yeah. yeah. 
and and like about organic food for pets and things like that. Like I think she has actual recipes for pets uh-huh. in her books, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, and then Wendy Corsi Staub, I think John even did a review of something I think of so, yeah. recently. Yeah, yeah. And then I'm not sure about the other, but that's oh, March first. March first. What about you? Check my calendar on that. Well, I'm bummed I can't go with you to Amy Bloom. Yeah. Um, but that's because Laura and I are going up Saturday night to see the Willa Cather musical, um, Kindness and Cruelty, the new Willa Cather musical, um, up in New London, New Hampshire. Fun. So that's Saturday night. And we, we've decided to spend the night because it's a bit of a, it's like, the, I think like three and a half hours or so. And yeah. um, so we're going to... Put the snow. Well, we were going to take our skis, and now we're thinking we might take our snowshoes instead, just so we can maybe hop out wherever we are and, and go traipsing through the snow. But then, come to find out, I got a text um, from a friend this morning saying we're expecting four to eight inches of snow here yeah, overnight no on Saturday, so it, we might need those snowshoes to, to get home. <laughs> Well, it's so hard to believe because it's like 50 degrees today, I so I don't really understand, but yeah. it's, I mean, it'll probably be beautiful. New Hampshire is still a place I haven't spent much time and I would love to go, so I yeah. can't wait to hear about it. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I haven't been that far north in New Hampshire. I've just been up to Jaffrey, yeah. and this is a, another hour, maybe a little bit more further north, and um, I had no idea that there was a New London yeah. in New Hampshire. I'm very well aware of New London Connecticut. Right. Cool. Yeah, I'll definitely report back. The play or the musical is taking place in a historic building. I guess it's been, I don't know if it's recently been renovated. And then we're going to be staying in an inn up there. Fun. So it should be nice. a good time. Yeah. Get away. And then you have your book club next week. The, yes, the, the um, Witness Kindred book club. Yeah, Kindred yeah. Book club. It'll be coming up. Yeah. So I'm really looking forward to that. That's exciting. Yeah. yeah. Excellent. What about upcoming reads? I only have one, and I think you're going to have it too. <laughs> Definitely. Drum roll for Morris. Morris. By Ian Forster. Yeah. We've got some overachieving um, listeners who have already posted that they finished it, yeah. so we better get started. <clears throat> it's awesome. I'm reading also too. I, I do have another one I'm going to be reading before next time. Yeah, before we meet next time, because um, it's a book I'm reviewing. It's Tangerine by Christine Mangan is her name. It's coming out in March. And it's been getting a lot of really good buzz. Uh, A lot of people in the mystery world are talking about it. And our friend uh, Joyce Carol Oates, who was mentioned earlier, has a blurb on the book. And she writes, As if Donna Tartt, Gillian Flynn, and Patricia Highsmith had collaborated on a screenplay to be filmed by Hitchcock, suspenseful and atmospheric. Mm. so that's a great blurb right there um so it's about a woman who's on her honeymoon in morocco and a friend of hers from college they went to bennington together they had some kind of falling out and so this old girlfriend of hers pops up and they start to heal whatever wound that they had and then all of a sudden the new husband goes missing uh oh. So <laughs> we'll see. More to come. Yeah, more to come. I'm really looking forward to reading that. That's awesome. Yeah, both of them, both yeah. Morris and this one. Very cool. Yeah. All right. We have three reminders for you as well. Don't forget to enter our fourth giveaway of the books Stay With Me, Sweet Girl, 
Love and Other Consolation Prizes, and Saints for All Occasions. And we should say that is open internationally. Yes. So if you are one of our Canadian, European, Australian, African listeners, please enter to win. Portugal. We found Portugal. out we have a lot of we Portu- do. Yeah. Listen- listeners in Portugal. Portugal. Who knew? Yeah. It's exciting. So um, email us at bookcougars at gmail.com to get yourself entered by February 28th. Yes. And I realize we said midnight, but really, you know, by the time we wake up on March 1st, just make sure you're entered. Yeah. Because <laughs> people are in all sorts of time zones. That's true. We're on the Eastern time zone. Right. That's yeah. where we are, but yeah. Right. We'll be a little flexible. Totally. And then we have our Morris read-along coming up. We're going to discuss it when we record on March 2nd when uh, for the episode that airs on March 6th. And then last, don't forget to post pics of yourself reading, Morris. Yes, and hashtag book cougars. We'd love to see everybody's faces and the cover of your book. That'd be a lot of fun. Yes, please. All right. Happy, Happy reading. reading. Thanks so much for listening to The Book Cougars with Emily Fine and Chris Wallach. If you have questions or comments, please feel free to email us at bookcougars at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter under Book Cougars. Please consider leaving us a review on whatever app you use to listen to us. It can help other listeners find us. Thank you.